What is up and welcome to 24 Minutes of the Oscars, the podcast that takes a look at the 2024 Oscars 24 minutes at a time. I'm Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, we are kicking off Oscar season with a special conversation. So special, I can't even say it. With returning guest, <laughs> Variety's Senior Awards Editor, Clayton Davis. Welcome back. Hello, Benny Burrito. I don't Hello. know. You said your last name. I was like, what's your last name? The burrito? It's burrito. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. burrito. It's a legal it. last name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ethan's old. Like, my name's Ethan Simi. And that's, yeah. my, that's my I'm, handle, too. I'm, oh, wow. <laughs> We're like 90 seconds into this pot. I'm already getting slandered. What's going I on? Because I, I, really, I, I really like it, too. And I also, I also well, just, want, I just want to point out, like, the obvious thing in the room also. Your podcast title is a lie. It's not yeah. 24 oh, minutes, right? The we biggest this, lie. Right? Okay. Yes. 100 percent we we yeah. build our podcast based on false advertising yeah. um and we, we false wait, wait, advertise wait, oh, can, to can ourselves we, can we can we say something because it's 824 related and yeah. i feel like only i don't know if you guys noticed the whole civil war over three hour debacle has now been thank broken. you i was just it's gonna not, bring this up not over three hours long <laughs> it looked like you were not looking forward to that based on your uh quote tweet there oh like you don't understand that my heart shattered into pieces when <laughs> like I heard because what was it? They were clocking it at 195 minutes. Yeah, 315. Yeah. I think. And so I was there, like, yeah. "Oh no, this is going to be oh, wow. not good." Yeah, I and, had, I and I really like Alex Garland a lot, and I'm not even that big a fan of Annihilation. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. Ex Machina is like, mm, yeah, Chef's Kiss. Um, but I think he's a very fascinating filmmaker, and I was like, no, they. They like Ari Astered him. He's just gonna run amok now. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is great because I'm on the total opposite side of you guys. I was like, yeah, three hours of Garland. Let's go. Like, give me, you know, current political America with the with a great cast. Can't so wait. Let, I need to set the record straight on something. It's not that I don't like three hour movies. I don't like boring three hour movies. Yeah. So yes. when I hear and I think the ratio of great earn three hours is not equal like we don't have like it's not you a do huge. three hours you gotta yeah. earn it with me so yeah. like even scorsese who we've spoken about in this podcast and i love dearly hasn't earned it every every time so mm. i do well, i i get weary what is it at now so an hour and 49 minutes is is hour the and actual runtime okay i think it's i think it's i think it was 103 minutes i saw Cool. Which is, which is like right there, two and a half stars. I don't care if it's a snuff film. Yeah. And we have to reward the behavior we want to see more of. So 90 minutes, 100 minutes, you're getting a pass. I don't yeah, care what it's what, automatic what it is. two and a half stars. I love it. That's why you guys should watch yeah. Fallen Leaves, the uh, mm. fin- Finland's submission for uh, the Oscars. 81 minutes. What? It is. I almost saw easy, that last Easy, breezy, week. beautiful cover girl. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> this <laughs> close. Um, well, we have made it to Oscar season. Um, just to, to, to state we? the obvious here. Um, <laughs> here, here on the podcast, yeah. we've made it to Oscar season. So, uh, Clayton, you're, you're kicking, kicking us off this year, the same that you did last year with kind of a, a little preview conversation. So the next 12, 13 weeks, we, uh, here on the show, we're switching from A24. We're going full Academy Awards mode. We're going to break down every single Best Picture nominee. We're going to have um, reaction uh, pods to when nomination lists come out to after the Academy Awards. Um, and then the week after, we're going to kind of revisit everything and try to collect ourselves um, if we don't internally combust about a made-up award show. Yeah. Um, so we're very and, excited. And I talk about what Clayton got wrong on this podcast. 100%. <laughs> yeah. got it, got it. 100%. I it's all about it. what you're going to get wrong. Our most um, viewed episodes are always like, what Clayton got wrong? Here we go. <laughs> yep. 
Listen, Re- I yeah. love it. I look for it. Clayton reaction video. Um, I will say Ben is the reigning champ between the two of us on predictions mm. for last year and winners. And I'm pretty sure that's only because Babylon was snubbed in original score. And then or, I just took a downhill or, after that. Or people just knew that Babylon wasn't going to get out of town. It. it lost to All Quiet on the Western Front. What are we doing, guys? For score, that the All Quiet Come on. fucking rocks, man. I'm oh. not, and that's not to say, listen, I think. Babylon. What we, Clayton we, got wrong? No. We're back. We looped no, back yeah. to it. <laughs> We're starting that episode early. Babylon is actually like fine. Like it was, I was say fine. It is an ambitious swing that does not connect with the ball. Yeah. But that score, I saw Justin Hurwitz score live concert uh, last year that they he did on the campaign trail, and it was delightful. Wow. Like, to hear that music live was beautiful. So great. The best element of that movie is the score so it loses it's all quiet it's like one a one b kind of thing sure i i will say uh ben you're you're my witness witness here and everybody that has listened to last week's episode of the pod at the very end of the episode of the pod i predicted that we would be talking about babylon and we're six minutes into this show and we fucking did it you made well, it. and i couldn't ethan, be prouder it's because ethan simmy's on this podcast <laughs> yeah, i mean that's just like, standard that's, that's ethan simmy like, like, this yeah, guy I'm sure La La Land will come up at some point. Yeah, it's Fish in a Barrel. It's La La <laughs> yeah. Land. Yeah. It's Babylon or it's Oppenheimer. Something yeah. is going to come up about one of those three movies. Yeah. That's it. But, um, well, I'm not going to talk about any three of those movies right now because we are an A24 pod. So I'm going to try my best to kind of um, swing us in the Oscars direction here using A24 um, as as my middleman. So there's been a lot of talk. And Clayton, this is really my my first talking point question to you. A lot of talk, a lot of heat recently of the Iron Claw and A24's release approach slash strategy with that movie and potentially missing opportunities. Um, All of that aside, people have been obviously talking about Zac Efron and the what feels like the inherent need to be nominated for an Academy Award. Do you see that happening at all? Can this movie pick up steam to garner him a nomination? Is it even worthy of a nomination? So. Iron Claw, Iron Claw. Let me, let me start with uh, the critics. And this is, again, in a vacuum, in a bubble. Some people know things. Like, film Twitter is very loud, and they take things as absolute truth when not everyone has all the required <laughs> information. And by the way, was also guilty of this before working at Variety as well. So mm. it's just like when you step to the other side, you're like, oh, sausage being made. I see yeah. it. <clears throat> Miss Opportunity. Iron Claw wasn't done until like November. Mm. He was working on it that entire time. There were multiple versions of this cut <clears throat> of the movie. And if you follow like some of the Reddit forums, like a lot of people like that before I worked at Variety, way before I even, I don't think before I started my website or right. Yeah. Before I started my website, I used to get into early screenings for test screenings. That's how I used to see a lot of stuff early. So I saw an early version of the departed Mm. That there's like 20 minutes after uh, mm. Matt Damon gets shot. Uh, I saw Bobby uh, with Emilio Estevez's movie, Robert F. Kennedy. There's mm-hmm. like a storyline of Lindsay Lohan's in that movie. And you know uh-huh. how like she like falls in love with a guy that's like going off to war. Turns out she was like dating his brother oh. and that and then fell oh. in love with the soldier is like it, it starts this whole love triangle. They just cut that part out of the final version. So. There were multiple versions of Iron Claw out there. So it got finished really late. So there was no, you can go to TIFF, Telluride, all that stuff. That just right. wasn't happening. 
with that said, seeing the movie, it's strange. I have this every now and then. I actually love the Iron Claw, but it's a movie I will never probably watch again. Mm. It's yeah. the most depressing movie of all time. <laughs> and it's and it's a Suicide Brothers short, you know, even in that mm. regard. So I think it is there's a few movies every year that get in this unique position of, you know, it's a great movie, but how do you market this and how do you get people to watch it? So for Iron Claw, it's like, okay, you put Zach Efron front and center. And that's how you can sell it. And I think you hear the Von Eric name if you're a wrestling enthusiast and that gets you interested. But it's it feels niche in that in that in that in that little paradigm there. I think the most of this movie can hope for. I mean, Zach Efron, I don't know when this episode's coming out, if SAG nominations are out by this time, so you I may be completely wrong. I think Zach is a dark horse to pop up at the SAG Awards for Best Actor. When when do those nominations come out? January. Uh, okay, er, this episode January. will go live on January second. So oh yeah, so no, it won't be out. So yeah, okay. There is a shot that Zach pops up at SAG. It, it. I don't even think even if that happens, I don't think that translates to Oscar. Adam Sandler popped up at SAG last year. It didn't mean anything. Um. I think I think a lot of it is just a little too late, too little, too late to the party. It's hard to be the last movie that pops up. I think Holt McCallany is mm-hmm. fantastic in that movie. He plays the dad. I think he's probably the easiest thing to grab onto for an awards push. But even that, at this point, I think is is kind of a uh, kind of a long shot. I th- but I think the movie is great. I think it's it's. Edited superbly. I think the editing in that movie is so well done. I think the original song in that movie makes will shatter your heart into pieces. Anyone yeah. doesn't know it, it's like literally the song that the brother sings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the original song, and that's pretty Crazy. like heartfelt. Um, it, it's just it, it's a Sean Durkin movie. Like people like early on when I was hearing rumors about, it, they're like, "Oh, I heard it's really dark and depressing." I'm like, "Oh, it's a Sean Durkin movie." Oh, got it. I saw Martha yeah. Mercy name Marlene. I yeah, know what yeah. he does. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those that like not every movie has to be an awards movie. Some people, some movies are just great and they will have their audience. I think it will find itself in years, not necessarily mm. like right now. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, mm. if there's an award for saddest movie with the sickest rush montage, this definitely wins <laughs> because like that Tom Sawyer needle drop is just fucking amazing. I love yeah. it. But uh I- yeah. I saw I saw a good take going around on Twitter this morning. Actually, speaking of like the con- the like the flip of of what film Twitter can do, and somebody was like, "This is like the saddest, most isolated movie about these very very sad tragic events, where also you get an incredible rush montage that you're just like dudes rock in the <laughs> same movie, and you're yeah. just very very true. Like I I do think it has that interesting. Um, kind of dichotomy it feels yeah it's funny i was talking to one of my editors about it and uh they were sharing with me that they hated the movie but it, it's not because they think it's a bad movie it's just i listen to take that story in, i think especially if you're walking in blindly and you don't know what happens that first half of that movie is so delightful <laughs> and so mm-hmm. picturesque yeah. and i remember i remember watching it the first time and i was like oh no oh no like i said i said i was like <laughs> Oh my God, it's too happy right now. It's about to wreck everyone. And yeah. I, if anyone read my initial piece from the very first screening that happened in LA, 
guy sitting in front of me starts bawling loudly. And like, it was right after, uh, uh, I think it's Mike, uh, falls into a coma. Mm-hmm. So we're already one dead kid in yeah. at that point, and like shit's just falling apart, and he is audibly sobbing, and the woman next to him like is puts her arm around arm around and puts her head on his shoulder, like literally trying to hold it together, and then like he grabs his like he was on crutches, grabs his crutch and crutched out of the room. Oh damn! Like, cool. could, yeah, we came back in for the Q and A. I don't know if he, wow. what what else he watched, but he. Like it, it is a, it, the movie is relentless, and mm-hmm. some people just don't like to put themselves through that. Like, mm-hmm. I've I had, a, I had a friend. Uh, I don't know if you guys have friends like this. There's always friends that ask me always for movie recommendations, and they always have like rules with me. And they're like, "Oh, give me a movie recommendation. There can't be dead kids." And mm-hmm. I thought of my one of my friends that used to say that to me all the time. I think I would not tell him. Yeah, to see this. <laughs> this is not the movie for you. No dead kids. Um. Yeah, Efron got me at the end there. Really got me good. So um, can we? Can we also just side note? Fuck when he stands up in that initial out of bed scene and his fucking thighs. Thank you, dude, thank you. It's unreal, like, right? Fucking horse hooves that he's like acquired. <laughs> so, like I was like Jesus. Like this man's a machine. Like yeah. just like Zach. Ef- this also I I like moments like this. This is like the Jim Carrey Truman Show moment. Of his career where people were like, hey, wait, mm. Zach can act. Mm-hmm. Look at that. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. And actually, I think he proved it in extreme. And uh, when he played Ted Bundy, I think he's great in, in that mm. uh, film. Mm. I, I was going to say extremely loud and incredibly close. That's not it. It's <laughs> extremely yeah. wicked, vile, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it, he's he's really well done. Like the whole cast is, is, is really great. And more tyranny. My God. To have an Oscar scene with like such little words. Yep. Like. She can just exude devastation. Yeah. She was great. Uh, Zach got out of that bed like Captain America coming out of that machine. You know, it's like, oh, shit. Okay. This is, uh, you're not messing like, around. This is you. We did okay. it. Yeah, this is it. Um, I want to switch gears to another movie that made me cry this year. Uh, my favorite movie of the year, which is Past Lives. Mm. Um, I'm curious if you think it is got the legs, I guess, to generate enough hype to be qualified or to to make it for best picture. <laughs> I know we've got 10 that we're getting this year again. Do you think it's going to make for best picture? If not, are there any other nominations that you think it might be picking up? So. Please say John Magaro. That's all I want to hear out of your mouth. Listen, John Magaro for supporting actor. Please. Listen, let me tell you about John Magaro, man. <laughs> like, look, probably top two best supporting performances this year is in John Magaro. Like, yeah. like incredible. But that man cannot get arrested at an indie spirit award at a Gotham awards. Like they're just passing them over. I'm like, what are we, the guys that's the home field. Brutal. Like, what are we yeah. doing? Um, so unfortunately John, I think we're going to be John Magaro less unless sag comes through and then makes a good day. Cross. So past life. So past life has been such an interesting question mark for me this season. There are moments that I feel really strong that it's going to be in best picture. Now, if anyone has been following me for years and can can decipher my Oscar forecast, I have to like I always say you have to build the best picture nominee through like branches of the academy and through like pockets mm-hmm. of, of voter demographics. So I'm like, okay, who's coming through for the actors? I'm coming through for past lives, probably the actors, right? Because I think 
Past Lives, the only feels assured like two nominations right now, and that's picture and screenplay. And that's really hard to that just be your only two nominations mm-hmm. and you're in best picture. Now, obviously we had that last year, Women Women Talking did that. And and I predicted women talking in the end, even though people were calling me dumb for doing that. It was because I knew the excuse me, I knew the actors were coming through for the movie. They just couldn't decide on which one to go for of the women and supporting actress, but they were all getting votes, just not enough to put them into the five. And then a serious man did it back in 2009, got into picture and screenplay. That was also a Coen brothers movie. And I think probably the actors came through for it too. Cause I think Michael Stuhlbarg was on the table, just couldn't get in there. So now Greta Lee has landed everywhere. Look, looking good right now. She's still, I think SAG would make her feel really secure. But I think it seems like it's between her, Margot Robbie, and Sandra Hewler for getting those like mm. last two alleged spots mm-hmm. in Best Actress. So, Betty Man today, I say Past Lives is in, but I really need it to like get in other places. I think Celine Song is going to win the DGA award for first time director okay so i think there's a world where she makes it into the director lineup because she's got leapfrog some pretty big names in movies yeah Ooh. yeah I, I i was gonna mention kind of the the after sun of everything that happened last year with a24 and what happened with charlotte wells and obviously paul mescal and and doing and performing well at these indie spirit awards and other places that kind of did help push them to the finish yeah. line you um, know, after, after i'm was, after sun's such an interesting like it feels like a precedent but it's also like a precedent like i still can't explain today i i don't know how paul mescal makes it in that lineup and that's not to say that i think he's unworthy of it i can't find a nominee like paul mescal Mm. in history Mm. that felt like him from a movie like that because that movie was small like past lives is small but it, it feels bigger you know, Atchison was so indie, and and when I was doing like my like you know final forecast, I was like, it's gonna miss screenplay, which I correctly predicted. It missed screenplay, but Paul still made it in, and it just like doesn't like I can't I can't understand why. Like what like what like what, what I don't know what demographic he he got into. Past lives, I think, is gonna uh, do well with international voters. And then I think there is crossover in American votership. I just think it people just have to make time for it. And people mm-hmm. have to also be on board with what she's doing because I think saying it's a straightforward love story is a little too simplistic for it. Obviously, it's, I mean, I think Ben, that's your favorite movie. I think you could probably test to that it does way more than just like, oh, two people that are in love and trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like yeah. there is like a devastation scene <laughs> that it ends with that. Some people like my wife doesn't like past lives because she doesn't agree with the method in which she's trying to answer this question about her past love. Okay, mm. but I can understand that. I can yeah, understand yeah. why she feels like that. But I think if you can't understand that, then maybe you're not on board with the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's that fair. Sense. Speaking of movies that might do well amongst international voters, this is kind of the last A24 flick that I wanted to put into this conversation before we go you know, more big and broad with the Academy Awards as a whole. 
The Zone of Interest is still in a limited release across the nation, New York and L.A., mm-hmm. as it, at least in the time of, of recording this. Um, I've seen it. I, I saw it at New York Film Festival. Ben has not had the chance to see it yet. We haven't covered it here on the pod. It has the the rumors of being, a, of course, a Best International feature and a Best Picture um, and having a lot of talk around it. Anatomy of a Fall also is kind of filling this international slot, if you will, at, at a Best Picture race situation. Does the zone of interest get in with, with it being a, a limited release so far, with it fighting against another international feature, with it, quite frankly, just being an absolutely horrific um, subject matter uh, that it's tackling? So I saw Zone of Interest at Cannes, which I think was a perfect place to drop the movie because then I got in real time that it was an international votership play. Mm. I love Zone of Interest. That is a divisive movie. Uh, in I think you have to. I think first of all you have to be on board with Jonathan Glazer and like. He's like, I put him like in a Wes Anderson boat. Like mm. some people are just never going to be on board with whatever Wes Anderson's doing, no matter what he tries to do. And this probably is, is weirdly, is probably his most accessible movie that John yeah. Glazer's ever done. And it's not accessible <laughs> like for a lot of people. Um, I also think there has something to be said about what's happening in Israel and Palestine that some people feel like, eh, I don't want to watch a Holocaust movie right now, even though it's like not a traditional Holocaust movie where you, you don't see anything. It's, I mean, Johnny Burns sound design is like next level that movie. Um, I think it could get in. I'm predicting it to get in right now. It is a directing feat. It, it it's going to rely on a lot of the international demographic which i think is also voting for anatomy of all as you said i think poor things also gets a lot of international votes Mm. um and believe it or not i think maestro actually does well internationally too are you pro maestro i like i like maestro i i like i i really like maestro i won't say i love maestro i love the direction of my i think bradley cooper is a director with a big D capital now. D mm-hmm. and I think he's always been capital a acting. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's always been one of our best actors. Like I just mm-hmm. like since American sniper and I hate American sniper as a movie, but I was like, when I saw American sniper, I was like, this is the best thing he's ever done at that point yet. And then he did star is born. I was like, Oh, never mind. This is the best thing he's ever done. And now my show, I'm like, Oh, this rivals probably star is born. Um, I think it's, I think, the I think everything in black and white in that movie is what like doesn't do it for me at times. Mm. The first twenty minutes of that movie, I was really hating it. I was like, "Oh no!" Like this. Like, oh, interesting. Like, I thought I it felt was, very differently. I thought it was careening off a cliff. I was like, "Oh no, this is not good. This is mm-hmm. actually awful." And then it gets exceptional. Everything after yeah, he does the dance, the dance fair. on is brilliant. Those oh, first, I love the like, dance. Yeah, the dance is great, and then everything after that's great. Everything before that, like when they were like meeting, I was like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, interesting. That's, okay. why, that, I, that, I, that, that's why I'm like, I really, really like it, but can't say I quite love it. But there are yeah. parts. Like, I think Carrie and Bradley are incredible. I also think Carrie should have went support. Nice. Yeah, I, I think quick. this is a, a little bit of a, of a side departure here. We don't have to investigate this too heavily, but I think 
the Netflix of everything and, and, and like their relationship with the Academy, especially coming out of a year with, with the strikes and seeing how that might impact voters and voting bodies and how people feel about certain fil- films um, is it's just really fascinating to see every year what Netflix kind of like attaches their, their carriage to and where they go in hopes that they will Win. do what really the power of the dog should have done, what Roma should have done, what the Irishman possibly should have done, not goose egg, right? Like mm. I think it's very interesting that they continually choose the wrong movies to go after. And, and I only bring that up to juxtapose it against something like May, December that's had a really huge swell of support, especially in the Charles Melton supporting actor arena and, and people saying like, Oh, this should be a best picture. Oh, this should be a best supporting actor. This oh. is what Netflix should, should go towards. I, I think that, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like l- last year was the only time I think that they attached themselves to the wrong early pony and then obviously swapped to all quiet. And then if they had been on all quiet all season, it might've been a different story. Uh, Cause obviously Bardo was Bardo <laughs> was and white it, noise yeah. was white noise. Right. <clears throat> Oof. But I think they're attached to the right pony of theirs. And May December, by the way, and I love May December. Incredibly divisive as well. Like that movie, like there's a day that it's just Charles Melton. There's also a day that you could tell me, by the way, that that movie pulled a donut on Oscar non morning, and I could believe mm. you. Mm. Just sure. because it, 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 it's a different type of movie. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's, yeah. That's totally fair. Uh, I do love his performance in there. I think that movie's a lot of fun. Um, I want to get into some nominations here. We're seeing some like local critics awards handing out nominations and some awards. And it feels like early on we're seeing a lot of like Barbies like leading the, the way with 11 nominations, all that kind of stuff. What movie do you feel will be taking home the most nominations at the Oscars? Like, will Barbie be continuing this? Will it be Oppenheimer with a lot of the technical stuff? something else we're not thinking of. And is there anything that you feel is also just going to take home the most wins? Uh, so nomination wise to too close to call, we're going to yeah. presidential race this right now. Um, it could be Barbie. It could be Oppenheimer. It could be killers. It could be poor things. I think we're also going to be in a year like 2019. I think we're going to have four movies have double digits mm. nominations. Mm. And I think it's going to be like those four poor things, you know, depending on uh, what it snags. Uh, it's probably the most vulnerable to not hit 10, but I think they're all pretty in a good spot. Barbie, if you read my predictions as of today, time of recording, I have it predicted to tie La La Land, all, quite, uh, all about Eve and Titanic as wow. the most nominated film of all time. Wow. Oh, that's fascinating. They get told, and 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 I think people underestimate how that can happen, like pretty easily. Uh, that, that does that mean it wins Best Picture? No. As a matter of fact, I think if it got fourteen, it would be the end of it winning Best Picture because mm-hmm. I think people would mm-hmm. it would almost right. be a collective. Everyone pump the brakes and go, "Wait, what the fuck are we about to do here?" <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a lot, a lot of that. Sometimes, sometimes there, there is something that's doing too well. Mm-hmm. I and I do think if La La Land didn't get fourteen, we may have seen a different outcome. Yeah. I, think I know so that, we're an A twenty four pod and we should be sporting Moonlight, uh, but still a soft topic. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think and listen, I love 
like that moonlight when you know there's obviously different variables to it but i think there is such a thing as doing too well like if shape of water had actually pulled it off shape of water was one short of the record mm. and i think it only needed was like sound editing i think it missed that um because they were doing that's when they were split at the time so barbie i mean barbie right now i have that 14 i have oppenheimer at 13 and i think i have okay. killers like at 11 can so, i can i grapple onto that idea and 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 what we're talking about and function towards oppenheimer because obviously i'm i'm a huge oppenheimer guy we're gonna cover it next week here on the show um it's a huge player this year you mentioned barbie potentially doing too well can can oppenheimer find itself in the same boat and potentially only pull a dune and go below the line and then leave room for other things or or i guess how do you personally see that playing out or 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 predict necessarily i i mean listen this is christopher nolan's to lose like i i've said many times throughout the season like he really needs to fuck this up mm-hmm. to like not yeah. have this be his time and i think he's been fine thus far except for you know talking shit about cgi and what costs oppenheimer visual effects other yep. than that he's been fine uh the entire time um oppenheimer so again, building a best picture winner, right? And this is this is how Clayton's beautiful mind, Russell Crowe moment works. Like we're in my office right now, but like there's there's times there's yarn going across here, and I'm trying to like <laughs> well, yeah, pull shit together. Well, Charlie so, action. <laughs> so Oppenheimer, you build out the day of okay, what is it winning below the line? Like I think it's walking in with score, sound, and probably cinematography in hand i would also be comfortable giving it editing that's four and then and then i think at that point then i again comfortably say okay christopher nolan's director win mm-hmm. is five there's no reason why you just shouldn't think it's picture and then just say six so six feels like nice and comfortable there are people who are thinking like, you know, it's going to be a hill three-peat like Inyadi Du did with Birdman. He'll win picture director and, and screenplay, which could totally happen. I would say like the year of Lord of the Rings Return of the King, a, a, a lot of pundits weren't predicting Lord of the Rings to win adapted screenplay. They thought that mm-hmm. was like a little bit of the, they're like, oh, we don't have to give it everything. So mm-hmm. that'll be for you, Mystic River. Um, and then they didn't. They just did a clean sweep 11 for 11. Um. So I, I, if Oppenheimer's at 13 nominations, I don't think that's too much. I think obviously the acting wins then come into question a lot. And we there's a very good debate happening about who people think can win or will win of the alleged, I'm going to say alleged trio <laughs> that they think is going to get nominated from that movie. And mm-hmm. I think I, I look back at something like 2002 best actor where daniel day lewis and richard gear won the globe no 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 jack nicholson and richard gear won the globe daniel day lewis won sag and adrian brody won the oscar and it was mm. just messy as fuck very messy season i think we could have another messy best actor season or it's going to be like 2014 where everyone seemed so adamant and i'm gonna say i'm i was in this boat too we were in the wrong boat 
you were like Michael Keaton, enjoy your moment, man. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing that's going to be able to take this away. And we watched him win the globe. We were like, there goes starts that. And we all ignored this little fucking cute kid over here. Eddie Redmayne who beat Benedict Cumberbatch, who we all thought Benedict Cumberbatch was the challenger that season. He beat Benedict Cumberbatch, and we're like, ha, that's it, Benedict's done, because he'll never give it to a 14-year-old boy named Eddie Redmayne. And then at SAG, Eddie won SAG, and then we were like, oh, it's (laughs) just over. And it doesn't matter, because the mindset behind that was, how do you give Birdman picture, director, all these Oscars, and the lead of the movie isn't winning? Easy. They just don't do it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's tough. I think that's interesting. I, I am... Uh, of course, I'm I'm very personally invested in like the Oppenheimer of everything in the race, and to yeah. to see um how things do shake out. Um, I want to get into some more specific races, and and of course the the first one that I have here on the notes is the Best Actor race. Um, Bloodbath Blood One Hundred One. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm really curious. It feels like Killian's Killian Murphy's to lose. And it feels like it might be his time, as you say, with some other things. We've got Leo up here, potentially for Killers of the Flower Moon. Bradley Cooper for Maestro. I've, I personally would love to see an Andrew Scott nomination for all of us strangers. I, I do think, to your point, it feels like a little bit of a, a bloodbath. Um, how do you see it shaking out? And is it actually Killings to lose? Let me lay the groundwork for Ethan. I'm doing Ben a favor here. I want to, I want to prep Ben. I want to prep Ben. I want to prep Ben with all the knowledge to console Ethan if you need this such information. This. Yeah. If, 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 you, know, you don't need to speak this, this into button. existence. That's the thing. Flashing press this button. Okay. <laughs> Best actor. When I say bloodbath, I'm not just like, it's like a term of endearment. Oh, that means it's competitive. Like, no. That means I think anybody can miss there is uh, no lock in the category and i really believe really i think it's really between six guys for five spots and that's what makes it so unpredictable it's because you can argue i mean there are people there's okay let me try it. there <laughs> is there is an overwhelming feeling that bradley cooper is the front runner huh which is prefaced with two facts the dude has nine Oscar nominations. He hasn't won yet. Overdue is a narrative that, hello, welcome Jeff Bridges. You rode yeah. that all the way to mm-hmm. the market for a performance that I like. Love Jeff Bridges. God bless his heart. But no one cares about Crazy Heart mm-hmm. a decade later, yeah, 15 years later. And that's not what we know him for. But everyone at that moment was like, okay, we don't have to give it to Colin Firth. We don't have to give it to Jeremy Renner. We'll just give it to Jeff Bridges. It's something we can do. And we all feel good about it. And then Jeff Bridges has an Oscar. That's a good world to live in. So Bradley Cooper has that. And that's very uh, helpful. And also the second thing is he's in a biopic. Mm-hmm. Hello, Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour. Like mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser last year. Uh, you know, and it goes with makeup. And I think Maestro is going to win makeup. And that makeup win always weirdly just clicks to elite acting win. So that's why Bradley feels like the undisputed front. I see the spoiler here to win the the, the 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 Oscar is Paul Giamatti. Okay. Oh. No one, and that is reverse Eddie Redmayne. Like that is the one because right. because I think pe- some people aren't even thinking he's going to win the Globe. They think Jeffrey Wright is, which he 
good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jeffrey Wright feeling like Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, in that way of like, you know, a, a, an actor's actor, established uh, journeyman actor, finally gets his first nom after some Maybe. time. And here comes this other guy that just like takes it and we kind of will write it off like nothing. And then all of a sudden, Paul Giamatti is like just really about to like make some noise here and then pulls it off. The holdovers is incredibly well liked. And who doesn't want to kind of give Paul Giamatti an Oscar? Like no one's going to yeah. bitch about that. Yeah. It, it, it just feels, it feels so like it. Cause I, 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 I have him on my podcast next week. So when this comes out, nice. guys, can, you can listen can to you my Can you ask pod- him for me? Can you ask <laughs> him for me? If he does, if he does win the Oscar, can you, can he go up there in all blue and accept it as big fat liar, Paul Giamatti? I, 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 I already uh, had the interview, but like literally I told Damn. him on the podcast, I named the disease after him. There's Paul Giamatti disease in, Hot- in Hollywood. Willem Dafoe has it too. You make it look so goddamn easy that people mm. don't realize what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Like, and yeah. the holdovers, people write it off as like, oh, like he's a guy with a, with a lazy eye. Like, what, what's... And he has one-line zingers in that movie. He makes you cry in that movie. You just don't understand how good he is. And I think that I think there are people that would just jump for that. Killian Murphy, a little bit of Paul Meskel that we talked about last year. I can't find a winner that looks like Killian Murphy. Mm. Hmm. And a little bit of him reminds me of Tom Hulse in Amadeus. Like, okay. But like, imagine that, like, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. isn't going to go lead or anything, but like, they're just like, he. He's very reserved, quiet in that movie. Like he has an Oscar scene. What he's doing is great, but it's a quieter confidence that they don't usually jump for in lead actor performances, unless because I would say that's why Benedict lost Power of the Dog. Like, sure, like he was just too quiet, and controlled, like, quiet, controlled. Like what he was doing was a tr- like Cody Smith McPhee probably lost for that same exact reason. Yeah, you know. Um, so I think that that's what's tough for him. Coleman Domingo, I think it's easy to write off because people are like, okay, you're not, your movie's not going to be nominated for Best Picture. But Coleman Domingo is very well-liked, very popular. And again, you finally get in, people are going to be like, oh yeah, let's do this. And Leo, I think he's great in Killers of the Flower Moon. And I think if you have Lily winning Best Actress, if you think Lily's going to win Best Actress, I think it's hard not to predict Leo in the five. Yeah. But... Sometimes you just don't like some sometimes you're Tom Hanks and Captain Phillips, right? And yeah. you just like like you could never have convinced me to predict Barkhead Abdi without Tom yeah. Hanks. And then yeah. that's exactly what, what happened. So ergo, what I'm saying to you, Ethan, is <laughs> I think you need to prep for anybody to yeah. miss. And Andrew Scott, unfortunately, I think is the hardest number seven of all time. Like I think Damn. he is so aggressively number seven. He should be in the five. I think he's my he's in my personal five. But I think he's just number seven. Like, I think, yeah. uh, which, by the way, could make him a surprise. I think when you're number seven, you're because when everyone's going to be that close in votes, all you need to do is just be like, okay, I'll get over you and you, and then I'm in a five. And yeah. then there's two big people that miss. Well, and, and, then, and, and, then, and then you're Andrea Le- of Rideborough and two Leslie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, either way, I will have Kleenex ready for Ethan. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. let's get chance. Some- Something's not gonna fall my way. It's a, it's kind yeah, of a given. Yeah, listen, um, listen, my my gut my gut check. 
honestly, like if like, you know, I'm saying there's no locks, but I feel comfortable in continuing continuing to predict Bradley, Paul Giamatti, and Kelly Murphy to be in the five. Mm-hmm. I like what it. Ha- what happens in the end is completely up to Jesus. Well, I can hope for Giamatti. It's up wins. to the voters, Clayton. It's up to the voters to make the right choices. <laughs> Jesus, that's what we're doing. But there is there is no right choice, Ethan. There is just choices. Like it, it, it becomes like you know this is always like the big thing. Like oh my god, how could you do this and not do that? Listen, we yeah. can bitch and moan about stuff for for forever. Like listen, I think it's going to be hard. Like if Bradley Cooper walks in, if he gets four categories this year. Is this man really about to go 0 for 13 in his life? Like, that is, like, a tough yeah. pill to be like, beat? like, how do we not, like, just be like, here, Bradley, take one yeah. of these. Yeah. Does see he just a, pull, we'll see you later. <laughs> does he just pull an Adam Sandler and is like, if I don't win an Oscar, I'm going to make absolute dog shit the next no. time I make a movie? <laughs> no. Br- Bradley, Bradley's going to, he's going to, he's one of those guys, like, you're like, yeah, you're going to win an Oscar one day. Yeah, it's about win. Fair. And that's also another thing that people always forget. I think this factors in a lot. This factor, I think this was the tipping of Michelle Yeoh last year. It's the thing that we all don't want to say out loud is that people, when they vote, they say to themselves, are we ever going to get another crack at this? Yeah. And we, we all knew last year, yeah. deep down inside, truth or not, we were like, this is the only shot we're ever going to get at Michelle Yeoh. Kate, we'll see yeah. you five more times in the next yeah, 10 right, years. Right, right. Michelle will never, will probably yeah. never see you again. Let's do this now. It's now or never. And I think Paul Giamatti has a lot of that. It's like, how are we ever really going to get another crack? I mean, listen, yeah. he missed for sideways. He got in for Cinderella Man that next year, and we never saw him again at the Oscar. Yeah. That, and yeah. if Giamatti wins, maybe he can use that weight to get an Amazing Spider-Man 3 greenlit, come back as Rhino, you know, what <laughs> we've all go. been waiting for, you know. <laughs> can, I, can I, a little preview of my podcast episode? Yeah, yeah. Did you know yeah. that Paul Giamatti is an avid animator no really he fucking animates like that guy when i say paul giamatti might be one of my top five favorite people i've ever interviewed yeah because i i wanted to just sit with him for hours and i and i was really nervous to interview him because i thought he was gonna be grumpy mcgrumperson because he just kind of feels like he would be talk to him about movies man we talked about like the he's literally the best we we like fanboyed over Kaylee Carter from Private Life and how great that movie is. Nice. Oh, Catherine I love Hunt Private Life and Catherine wow. Hunt's unfucking forgotten yeah. performance. Jesus, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's like the best, and I think like and he's and you know it's funny he's doing work and like there are people who don't campaign, and I always heard that Paul Giamatti doesn't campaign because he was so scarred mm. from Sideways, and he's been out. Doing every like doing the, yeah making the rounds. I think he, doing GQ videos, man. I, I, I think that is a big thing for a lot of people. Is like, you know, when Oscar voters want you to want you to want it a little, and it's okay yeah. to want it. But there's also yeah. times you is want it? it too much because Bradley Cooper is well. I mean, listen, capital you, C campaigning. Do you guys do you guys remember <laughs> like right before the Revenant? Like everyone kept saying that Leo was chasing an Oscar. And that was like on the internet manifestation of like, they feel like he was chasing it. And I really don't think he was. I don't think like, like I think everyone wants an Oscar. I don't think there's an active to chase it. I don't think Bradley's chasing it either. I think Bradley, honestly, I think this is my opinion. I don't know this for sure, but I think Bradley really just wants to be a director. I don't think he wants to hmm. act as much. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Going over for 13 though would be, that would be like, I, I would feel terrible for him. 
I mean, listen, yeah. it, do you remember that moment that Glenn Close lost? So we all looked and we said, Ooh, you picked the right choice, Academy, but damn, that Glenn Close, you're yeah. over seven. Like, mm-hmm. it, like, there is a lot of that sometimes that you're like, Ooh, like you're like, you know, that's that's why I think kind of whoever wins, we all win kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And we can all argue about who should, it should have been. But I think, I think, listen, I think, weirdly, I think if Nolan's winning and the movie's winning Best Picture, I actually think that kind of weirdly hurts Killian Murphy's winning chances because they already say to themselves, like, we're giving Oppenheimer shit. Like, yeah. we, don't need, sure. we don't need to have to give it to everybody. Especially if Downey Jr.'s on the table, like what people think, which brings me to my next piece of uh, information for Ben to use. Yeah. <laughs> even, though Downey, even though Downey Jr. is leading the precursors, the amount of awards he's won. He's won the most so far. Not by much, but he has. Mm-hmm. I I think there's a there, there seems to be like a hard four in supporting actor. And I just feel like there's it's too simple in that category. Hmm. And I might be completely wrong about it. I just feel like we're poised for a shock of her or a shocker of a miss. And okay. Danny Jr. just looks like someone that that would happen to. Because I don't feel the same overwhelming feeling that the internet says that, oh, people, it's time for Danny Jr. to win an Oscar. I don't think the industry feels like that. Not yeah. saying that they think he's a bad actor, but Bradley Cooper were like, oh, oh, for 11, that's like crazy. You know, Robert Danny Jr., I think people are like, oh, you got a nomination for Chaplin, you got a nomination for Tropic Thunder, but I don't think there's ever been this feeling like, where's his Oscar? Yeah, like, exactly. I think that's I think that's Marvel fanboys that like obviously love Iron Man, but mm-hmm. like Mark Ruffalo needs an Oscar because he's done like yeah. a yeah, lot yeah. of stuff. But like I don't know. If they knew. A, they yeah. knew when they let it happen. Where's <laughs> and, our Oscar? <laughs> and Downey hasn't been doing as much campaigning as like Killian and everyone else has. So I wonder a little bit. Do you think if, if Robert is low vulnerable? Yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, do you think Gosling's got a chance? Like, would he? Could he snatch it from Robert Downey? I, I, I think. I think Gosling's winning. Okay. Today. Cool. Wow. Today, I yeah. feel like Gosling's winning. I think Gosling's winning because I think Barbie's winning screenplay, no matter where the screenplay ends up going. At original the adapted. Yeah. Original adapted. I think that's. I think they're gonna be. I don't think you can give it to Gosling by itself, by himself, and not have anything for Greta. So I think Greta's gonna win screenplay. And then I think the only way Oppenheimer loses Best Picture is if Greta gets snubbed in director, and Ooh. then it becomes Argo 2.0. Oh. Then boy. I think the Academy is going to eat shit. And then, oh, well, actually, let me preface that a little bit. If Greta misses director, and there's no women in director, because if Celine Song is there, yeah, then I yeah. don't think the same uh, ripple effect happens. Gotcha. But if Greta misses director, there's no women in director, the Academy eats shit. Barbie wins Best Picture. Wow that Good. that would be that would be interesting. That would be a lot to take in. I, That's I its only pathway am, though. That's the only pathway I see right. for Barbie winning Best Picture. Like even if sure. got thirteen or twelve nominations, but Greta's in director. I don't think like it does it. Yeah. If it misses director, it argos itself. Can I ask you about the other Robert that might be up for a Best Supporting Actor? You think De Niro's in for yeah, Killers? I, I think De Niro's in. Sure. Mm. I think he's. Oh, I like that. I, I like think, that a lot. I, as a matter of fact, I think if De Niro hadn't won twice, he'd be winning this year. 
Interesting. Ah, I think that's the yeah. best. I think that's the best performance he's done in like 15, 20 years. I think he's so, actively incredible. Let let me continue asking you about Killer to the Flower Moon because I feel like, and I think we feel like here on the pod, and kind of what we're hearing from our you know viewpoint over here is that best score could is is really kind of between Oppenheimer and Killer of the Flower Moon. Of course you have uh Ludwig Gorenson who the Academy likes um and and has awarded previously. Um uh, but then you have Robbie Robertson and kind of his what would be his posthumous award for Killer of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just curious from like a from you know a viewer perspective how much does that play because obviously the last time someone was up for a posthumous award um it went absolutely um terribly at the very end of the oscars and was kind of pushed to the side and and hopefully quickly forgotten about and that sparked a very big um backlash does this help killers of the flower moon potentially take home score how do you see it shaking i don't think posthumous uh i think you being let me not it sounds more graphic than i probably mean for it to sound <laughs> i don't think you being dead has any effect on whether you're gonna win the oscar the way people mm-hmm. think it does i think it helps sure. you get into a lineup for sure listen august wilson also got nominated for adapted screenplay like 10 years after his death for offenses and that that movie wasn't coming in earshot of winning adapted screenplay i think i think it's ludwig's to lose i think the challenger to winning is Spider-Man. Okay. Oh. Dang. Oh, that's that's interesting. For that, score. Yes. I think that Pemberton score is actively incredible, and they've done a really good job on that push. I think that's the challenger. But I kind of don't... This it, I feel score is one of those categories where we all twist ourselves into pretzels to try to create a battle, and it's just like, okay, it's going to be Oppenheimer, guys. We can just accept that part of it. Like mm-hmm. it's gonna win score. We don't have to overthink this. Um. So I I, th- I think that. But back to killers for a moment. And again, I I have full range to change my mind. My mind is an evolving predictor. <laughs> I think the only pathway for a win for that movie at the moment, unless something shifts, I think it's Lily Gladstone. I don't see that movie winning. Yeah. I think it has a really tough battle in a lot of other categories. Um, and I definitely, I personally see Lily winning um, in that category. I know you mentioned like Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. Obviously we have Emma Stone and Poor Things. Like I just, I just, I really do feel like it's hers to lose. I, I, it's, but it's, then between, I, it's between Emma and Lily. That's why I, I really just think it's between Emma and Lily. And I think a little, again, Michelle Yeoh syndrome. I think people mm-hmm. don't want to say it out loud, but like, we're only going to see Lily here one time. Let's yeah. just, it's really hard to give Emma a second. Like yeah. here's another for you and we're never going to see you again. And, yeah. and you know, and listen, I hope Lily has a flourishing career. She's like, incredible. like, listen, I think Lily Gladstone and killers of flower moon. Let me uh, give this disclaimer. I think it's an all timer. Like that's how yeah. good I think she is in that movie. It, the, and I love, and I love Scorsese. And I love the movie. I just get, we just get reactions from people. And I think there is a little bit of a trying to weigh it and saying like, okay, if they're going to give it to killers, I think they're going to give it all the way to killers. 
Let's say that. Mm. Like, okay. there, there is no split picture director scenario that is like killers went okay. picture. That was my next and question. No, and, and Nolan went no. That that splits me. Splits have to make sense to me. Barbie, Oppenheimer split makes sense if Greta's not there, or even maybe like, no. Yeah, if Greta's not there, then that makes sense. I think Scorsese and Nolan are two people that they're either going to be like here's like three for you Scorsese or two or three for you Nolan and they're not going to like divide it up. Like I, people were like, "Oh, what if they get Killers adapted screenplay and you can give it to Scorsese that way?" I don't the Academy doesn't think like that and I just don't think they're going to be like, oh, "Okay, here great director, here's your adapted screenplay." Like yeah. second <laughs> yeah. Oscar, no one's going to give a shit about that. So like they want him to win director and 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 they and they give Scorsese director. I don't think they're splitting and then saying like, okay, Oppenheimer, but here's picture. I think they're just gonna give Killer's picture. Okay. So so you think like in the in the telecast, as we are watching it just plain ordinary citizens, Ben and I, when that when that best director category comes up and we see Scorsese win it, we're like, okay, cool. You're, I think you'll Seems be like, like it'll oh, be killers. Shit. Yeah. Like I mean, listen, or oh, I mean if Greta is snubbed, then I mean, I think a Barbie killers split would be hilarious. Like yeah. in, in a lot That'd of be ways, wild. I mean, listen, I was saying to people early on, I was like, listen, just for the pure hilarity of it. Can you just imagine that Christopher Nolan lost to Greta Gerwig and director, like just like oh really put God. yourself into that moment and how the world would explode. Well, I'm just thinking about it. Like I would like just as an internalized, like, conversation with myself i'm like Nolan. there's nothing you can do to win an oscar like, there's nothing like yeah you just yeah. you are alfred hitchcock there's yeah. nothing you can do like if you can't get it now they're never going to give it to you do whatever you want pull a fincher say i'm a yeah. killer whatever the fuck i want anymore i'm not trying to appease you kids like you changed the game in 2008 we appreciate it we're just not going to yeah, give we're you just never going like to recognize you for that never never <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned the the killer and i know ben has a question that he wants to go into here but um i have the killer predicted to get in for sound do you, can like can you just at least confirm for me like that's not totally far-fetched I mean, and it's, that it's in we the, actually it's, can it's, do that it's on the short list so yeah absolutely i, I think okay it, great i think it totally get in for sound and by the way i think it would be deserved it's fucking killer yeah. sound design yes uh, killer fucking work. rules. I actually Let's really like. I actually really like the killer. Um, which I'm surprised that I did because I didn't think I was gonna like. But it was mm. a good throwback uh, movie, very 90s esque uh, thriller. Um, yeah, I think that's it though. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, or may- maybe cinematography in a weird world because Eric Fair. Messerschmidt is like yeah. he won an Oscar before for his for a Fincher movie, so nice. maybe. Well, we talked about Scorsese maybe getting his second Oscar. We have another fantastic director. I'm curious, is Miyazaki going to be getting his second Oscar win here for Boy and the Heron? Do you think he can take home animated? There's some there's some stiff competition this year, but it's Miyazaki. We talked about we don't know when we're going to see these people up for nomination again. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, you asked me four months ago. I'm like, there's nothing that beats Spider-Man. As yeah. time has gone on, that window seems to get a little tighter. So I was like, uh, maybe you have to work for a little more Spider-Man. Just make sure you get that animated feature when um, Miyazaki, a little bit of Scorsese um, thought process also is you're hyper aware that they're 81 and 82 years old. Yeah. Right. And you're like, yeah, guys, how much more time do we have with them? Like that starts to kind of like 
you know, the really sad feelings like you're like, I don't know how much more Scorsese Miyazaki stuff we're going to have. So how about we just do it? Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing about Miyazaki, though, I mean, he's one. And I still think because remember, the whole Academy then votes on animated feature. And I just think that they're watching Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, It's often what is the most watched, not necessarily what's the best movie. And spoiler alert, both those films are in my top 10 of the year. So I think that they're both nice. great. I just think that I think it's Spider-Man to, to, at this point. Yeah. I, I Real quick before I do some like quick fire questions to kind of round us out here. Um, I'm really curious. And I, this is kind of circles back to like the Maestro conversation, the May-December conversation, these streaming platforms, um, uh, the holdover conversation or the holdovers conversation about when these movies decide to go to streaming and, and what services and platforms they do decide to do um, across the spider verse hit Netflix on October 31st. Of course, Maestro was just released a few weeks ago. By the time that this pod will have been um, released, the holdovers will have been out on Amazon prime for about a week. Um, every studio seems to have a different cadence and a different idea of when to maybe publish or put their things out to streaming. From your standpoint and being closer to the voters and what they watch and these types of things, does that truly make a a difference? Um, I guess I ask because like if Spider-Man's been around on Netflix for four months by the time that people vote, did they miss that little bit of a rising wave where Maestro might have a better ability to capitalize on being available for a shorter amount of time and having more prevalence in the conversation? I don't think it really matters in the minds of voters it just becomes a talking point and more time and more opportunity to see the movie so like Mm -hmm. i'm a bafta voter and we have an online bafta viewing portal and when they're available there is probably the most important thing uh because like iron claw didn't drop on the bafta portal till december 22nd Thing. whoa interesting or, or, or was it december 15th one of those two dates and i think that sucked for it um yeah. and then there was something else that dropped oh color purple i think dropped like the, the the 19th or something like that or the 11th um so i think when they go up on the respective viewing platforms remember there is no there are no more dvds allowed for bafta and the oscars mm. they have to use the online portal and that mm. is what's most important Interesting. But, but, I think that's- but the fact that Spider-Man was on Netflix does allow more options because there are times you're just scrolling and yeah. if you come across it, then you're like, oh, and like, you know, in October, you're not thinking about really your BAFTA portal yet. You're like, oh, let me just watch Spider-Man and then you get to do that. I, st- I right. still believe without any shadow of a doubt, Shit's Creek won, won the Emmy because of Netflix, even though yeah. it had mm. nothing to do with it. Because what they did was they dropped all the seasons on Netflix in that viewing window, and the entire world in the middle of a pandemic binged that entire series. I was one of them. Yes, I was one of them too. <laughs> and then I'm always like, "You guys won that show, comedy series, not pop TV." Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, this has been a very interesting conversation. Lots of really great insight. I want to do some quick, some like rapid fire questions. I really want all of us to answer if we can. Um, and I just, I'm just curious what kind of comes 
to the top, top of your mind um, with these questions. We'll break them down. This Damien Chazelle movie, it's Whiplash. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> whoa, whoa. That's the right answer. It's the yeah, right it answer. It is Whiplash. Damn. Go. Oh, I disagree. But okay, this is interesting. So, um, okay, Clayton, I'll start with you. Which movie stands to gain the most momentum over the next X number of weeks before voting closes? The Holdovers. Mm. Ben? It's a holiday movie. I'm hoping the Iron Claw. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also going to say the Holdovers. I think that is going to see a, a pretty big resurgence which movie stands to lose the most momentum over that same time period uh you're not gonna like the answer past lives it's rough. Mm. um just to even it out i'm gonna say oppenheimer that's it's a hope that's a hopeful <laughs> bad right takes on both ends holy cow <laughs> oh actually I, you know what it past lives and hopefully i'm wrong about this american fiction oh yeah Ah, yes. American Fiction, a movie we haven't touched on at, at all. Um, Spoiler alert, my favorite movie of the year. Oh, you your favorite. Number one. Number one movie this year. Wow. Okay. I haven't seen it. I don't believe Ben has seen it. Um, it's it's just like not out yet. And I know it's been playing at festivals for a while. And yeah. I, I just hear everybody talking about it. Um, but I haven't been able to see it yet. And I, I get so good. personally frustrated at that. Um, okay. Ben, you said Oppenheimer. And um, I guess I respect you for that answer. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say another pretty hot take. I'm going to say poor things. I hope I'm wrong, but mm. I, I, I that think that, that could, yeah. could lose some momentum for sure. Um, is Maestro getting in the top 10 best picture? Will it be a nominee? Yes. I think no. undoubtedly yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go no. <laughs> Why not? I'm going to... So, because uh, I think that's like, I, I, just so I'm curious, because I've been seeing this like come up on the internet again, of like people like, oh, it's not going to get nominated for best picture. I guess why? Why do you think it's not? I mean, I don't know that I have any logical reason behind it. I loved A Star Is Born. I think the like we know the Academy loves nominating him, so I think it's there. I just feel like there's a lot of really good movies this year, and I guess you know, maybe I'm answering with my heart as well, where it's like, if we get down to that 10 spot and it's past lives or maestro, I really hope something like past lives gets mm. the nomination. So yeah. there's no, I have no logic to back yeah. up my answer, but that's just kind of how I live my life. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I live my life. I uh, know that, that's just <laughs> accurate. Um, so the, the, what I always say as a, I'm always like, okay, if it doesn't make it, what replaces it? Mm-hmm. And are then are you telling me that Netflix gets zero films as the best picture and that hmm. for me is like they're really good at they're really good at getting films nominated not obviously not winning best picture totally fair. but totally fair. but they're real. they even preposterous sometimes we'll get a movie it's the best picture and maestro just seems like they're one like yeah it's in picture like whether i, I don't think it's contending to win best picture. yeah yeah but i think it, it we're it would have to i feel like it would have to like What's up to a really good example of the last best picture nominee that I could think that was supposed to be a best picture nominee that really fell apart at in the 11th hour was into the wild. Mm. Mm-hmm. That movie collapsed in a, in the brief, we thought Sean Penn was getting to director, Neil yeah. Hirsch, Hal Holbrook, Catherine Keener adapted screenplay, like three to so people had that at like nine nominations. They got two, and it was like Hal Holbrook and editing. Was 
thing. So yeah, the, so there's precedent for what you're saying. I just like, I will, I just need to find like where, why did this fall apart? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let me extrapolate that question in terms of Netflix. Does, does May, December make the 10 for best picture? <sighs> Two weeks ago, I would have said yes. As we go further, I'm thinking. Mm, I think it, I think it's actually losing some steam. And I love that movie. I think, yeah. I think it, I think it's a little too Todd Haynes. Like he's kind of in the Wes Anderson boat, right? Like you have to like, just really be on board with Tom, Todd Haynes a lot. And I, and I love May, December so much. Um, my gut check right now says, no, it's not. It yeah. yeah. I, I'd probably say no as well. I think it might, I think it might be pretty close to being on the bubble. Uh, Ben, you think May, Same. December's in? No, I don't think so. No. Uh, okay. This, this is a curveball. best costume design. Who do you think is going to win best costume design? Because I think there's, there's poor things, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer. You, you have these really big players in costume design um, that I feel like anybody could really take it. Um, I'm curious. I think it's Barbie. Yeah, Bar- Barbie. Bar- yeah. Barbie. I think it's Barbie or poor things. And that's it. I think it's only one of those two. That nice. Okay. But I think the yeah. sneaky uh, nominee there is, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Yes. So Coming good. from Ann Roth, who is in Barbie, the old lady on the bench. Uh- Oh, there you go. Barbie's helping her get an Oscar nom. It's going to be the oldest nominee (laughs) in history of any category. That'd be amazing. Wow. That'd be awesome. I I have four things winning, not to take the the fun scheme out of that. Do you have it winning production um, design also? um, That's a good question. I'd have to find where that is on my. uh, No, I have Barbie winning production design. I literally think it's between those two in both those categories, even though I think Oppenheimer Mm -hmm. could win production. I think that's where I split. I have poor things winning costumes, I have Barbie winning production design. Um, Clayton, you already mentioned your favorite movie of 2023 is American Fiction. Can you give us your second favorite movie since you spoiled my question early? Ah, <laughs> uh, Origin. David Duvernay's oh, Origin. That's not out yet either. Killing me. Two so movies. I think we I, had I can't this happen see. last year. If I remember correctly, your favorite movie of 2022 was Close. Yes. That movie fucking wrecked me, dude. I watched yeah. that this year and I oh. was just like, oh, Clayton was right. This movie yeah. is like, amazing. It was also like a movie I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to watch this again for a while. Yeah, but, exactly. But exactly. it like destroyed like my yeah. face in Telluride. <laughs> like, yeah, I kept thinking yeah. about you while I was watching. It's like, Clayton was totally right. This yeah. movie is fantastic. Now imagine, imagine sitting in a theater Ugh. like, and just like hearing everyone sob around you. And then running into, I ran into the woman later that day. I was sitting next to me. She said, I'm so sorry. I was crying. I was like, I was fucking crying. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're all losing it. Yeah. Uh, ben, you also already said your favorite movie of the year. Do you have a second favorite you can share? Oh, man. Um, I mean, we just kind of talked about, <laughs> this is the, not the right answer, but Stop Making Sense re-release, man. I had such a good time no. with that. Like, <laughs> I know it's not really 2023, but that's like the most fun I had you can, in theater you can, this year. You can take it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. Um, Oppenheimer is obviously my favorite. I, I have Past Lives as my um second favorite. An A twenty four movie, really? <laughs> I would never <laughs> would have think. guessed. Who <laughs> would have thought yeah. this this guy? Um, okay. Last question: Most underrated movie of twenty twenty three. If someone hasn't seen it, recommend that they see it. Uh ooh, I'll give you two. Yeah, Monster, which is Kareda's movie, and I dare I say his best movie. I uh, did Shoplifters Monster. Okay. I, didn't even, I didn't even know it was getting released this year. That's how under the radar this movie has Dang. flown. 
uh japan didn't select it as its uh selection it's it's how do i describe it it's um moonlight meets my girl like it is it's it's incredible um and also you'll cry at the end um and the other one is robot dreams Mm. oh i i keep hearing good things about this oh like it's my Marcel the Shell this year. Like it's okay. it's fucking delightful. It is so good, and there's no dialogue, and it's so warm and fuzzy. Oh, and wow. it, makes, it makes you cry. Okay, I've okay. added both of those to my watch list in yeah. live time. Yeah. Um, Ben, underrated movie for the year. I'm staying on brand with the pod. I'm gonna go with my number five favorite of the year, Priscilla. Um, I think I'd like yeah. more nice. people to see it. I thought it was really good. Didn't I, make the short list. What are we doing? I don't know. Didn't make the makeup and then and, and hairstyling. Really? Yeah. Because Priscilla's not really that good of a movie. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, like, Dang. Like, listen, you know what? So again, we're, I'm going to keep throwing smoke. people in the same boat. Sophia Coppola's in the Wes Anderson boat too. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there's, but also there, but Sophia Coppola, I think interestingly is in a secret other boat where we all argue about what her good movies are and what her bad movies are. No yeah, one like, agrees yeah. on that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We have real, there's, there's aggressive fights about it. And even people were like, no, but everyone thinks Lost in Translation is good. I don't think Lost in Translation is that good. I think, I, have, I think On the Rocks is incredible. I've uh, only ever pr- seen Priscilla. That's the only Coppola, Sophia Coppola movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? How we, wait, <laughs> you've never seen the Bling Ring, an A24 movie? Oh, no. I, okay. I have seen the Bling okay. Ring and I, I did not like it whatsoever. So there's that. that. See? And this, <laughs> this will start the arguments back yeah. and forth. Listen, if you don't get your ass to go watch The Virgin Suicides and I On know. the Rocks. I know. I know. Like those are. Hmm. On the Rocks is like right up my alley, too. That's like, that's like everything that I want in a movie. And, I, so. and I'd be curious for you to watch Murray Antoinette at the age you are right. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it when I was younger and then I saw it later in life and I thought it was really good and I'd be interested thank to you see. Well, we want to see how, how are you what? are you classifying me in the younger version or are you no, putting I, me no, in the, no, in no, the no, I'm no. aged so, now nice try fucker no <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's I think there are so many movies that like I think you're too young to watch and then appreciate in their yeah. moment um like Amadeus I saw it the first time when I was in high school and I shouldn't have watched it then yeah and I had a I watched it in high school and college and I was like, oh wait, this is like actually a good movie. At yeah, the time, uh, I was like, yeah. this is so boring. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've said that. That like, I'm glad I watched this movie now in my life because I probably wouldn't have appreciated it if I watched it when it came out or whatever. Yeah, I think uh, the two my two underrated movie picks. Um, I'm going with Infinity Pool. I still think it's one of like the better movies mm. of the actually, year. I haven't um, seen it. Oh, yeah. interesting. I I I love it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a little heavy handed for sure. Um, but I think it's a pretty good sophomore outing for, for Brandon Cronenberg. Um, and it's me goth just, and, and Alexander scars are just like doing weird fucking stuff, which there's, is there's really, really cool. There's always an A24 connection for you. Ethan, this, you're I, putting I, me in a box. No, I, this, listen, can I just say, <laughs> I just love how on brand you are. Like I, it's really a trick. I'm not trying to be on brand. No, I'm just no. saying I, but this is the thing I'm on brand too. Like I'm pretty, like I tell people I'm pretty basic and like, you can kind of know like what is going to be like a Clayton type of joint. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, and I like when other people, I could read that pretty like, so you saying infinity pool, I was like, Oh, 
Oh yeah, 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 that that's, tracks. That, yeah that tracks. <laughs> let me let me give you another on brand pick, and that's going to be "Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret." I know a lot of people are finally getting Actually, to around would not to seeing have thought this. You would say that. Um, it's in my top five of the year. Uh, really? I I just adore this film. Also, very I have young, my girl. That mm, movie. Have, that movie is my girl meets the Sandlot. It is mm, delightful. Yeah. It is, it is so delightful. I have two girls that will one day be teenage girls. And um, I just, uh, this movie really, really spoke to me on that effect. I think Rachel McAdams is excellent Hopefully in it. Hopefully your two um, girls grow up to be adult Rachel McAdamses. Because she yeah. Is, yeah, Yes, please. I, I, oh, I she's so for, sublime. I interviewed her for the first time a week ago. I'd never spoken to her before. Like, bucket list, checked off. Mm-hmm. Delightful human. So talented. Okay. And what she does in that movie. Like, I love an Oscar scene that, like, it's it's almost like it's the dinner table scene when she's like, yeah, that was me. Of course. But she, like, mm-hmm. mouths that with, with the way she hits her chest. I'm like, give yeah. her one. She and needs it, yeah. one. It, and it's the way she turns around and, like, says sorry, where you're just like, oh, wow, this oh, is this is real. Um, can, The connection, obviously, so being great. being Benny Safdie um, and, and him just being, like, the ultimate <laughs> suburbs dad <laughs> in that movie. I just... I just love everything he does in that film. I told her in the interview, I was like, I love how Benny Safdie has mastered dumb dad face in that movie. <laughs> oh, like, so good. He knows dumb dad so face good. and he just like nails it every time. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, awesome. Okay. That's all that I've got for my rapid fire questions. Uh, Clayton, thanks for coming on the yeah. pod, dude. I was, this I, is, I wanted uh, more A24 questions. I feel very disappointed. Okay. But <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Let, let me, let me hit you with one. Then what is your, we just did our top five A24 movies of the year last week on the pod. Um, what is, is if you want to give your top five, go for it. But what would be your favorite A24 film? Of the um, year? well, interesting is that two i mean three i have three eight twenty four movies in my top 10 this year okay uh which you call are, me out for having I, I, one holy I mean, smokes i mean listen I just, you know <laughs> not on brand though uh no, uh obviously it's uh past lives zone of interest and iron claw um the other two from this dream scenario ah uh-huh, okay pretty dope i lo- like pretty good god bless nicholas cage man and julianne nicholson yeah. Uh, and then the other one, I think, which I don't think you liked, Dick's the Musical. Oh, <laughs> shucks. <laughs> shucks. Dick's is uh, fun, man. It was, it was okay. It was all right. They really, they were Dicks going for it so there. Um, fun. My God. And you know what? Completely will acknowledge it's because I saw it at the midnight premiere at Toronto where they dropped inflatable dicks from the ceiling. Like, oh, like, like how that, are you not going to love that movie? Like, that yeah. really like, even if you were hating the movie, that just fucking brings you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But that movie is so, is, it's, it's so much fun. Like it, it's, it's just a right. Like, I think are you, it's not perfect at all, but it definitely like, it does its job. Nice. Are you pro or anti Bo's afraid? You know what's funny? It's one of the three <laughs> movies this year that I said I want to watch it again before I have a yeah. firm opinion because yeah. I think I'm pro, but yep. I don't know how pro I can get. I think I can get more pro. And I think I need to really take some some stuff in with it, which it's an Ari Aster joint. Ari Aster just doesn't like like his movies aren't just one one and done yeah. movies. Like yeah. there's more to get every time. But uh, I I think I'm pro. I think I can be more pro. I think that is a movie similarly to the assassination of Jesse James that the first time I saw it, I gave it two and a half stars. Mm. And today, when I redo my top 
10 of 2007. It's my number two film. I like it. Interesting. It's a great yeah, Ben film. and I were in the same boat, right, Ben? Yeah. Yep, I'm still there. The two are you very, are you very pro? Bo. Not for Bo, no, but no. I, I admittedly was ready for the trilogy of Hereditary Midsommar. I went in with that mindset because I love, like, Midsommar is one of my favorite movies ever. I love these movies. Do you like, so Mid, I, do you like Midsommar more than Hereditary? Yeah, yeah. Interesting, I like it more. flipped. Um, yeah. But Bo, just like, I couldn't wrap my head around what I was getting the whole time. I was like, okay, holy, what the fuck is happening? So it, I'm with you though. I need to rewatch it again before I can really give an honest opinion on it. Cause I'm aware that I'm at fault here for how I feel about it. You're the problem. I am the problem. This is user error for sure. Yeah. Welcome to, welcome to my life, Ben. That's how I feel every time I step on the pod, man. Um, Clayton, thanks for coming on, man. Great way to kick off Oscar season. Um, as always, it was a pleasure to have you. Uh, if, if people want to follow you, find more of you, uh, find your predictions for the Academy Awards, where can they do that at? Follow me at Benny Burrito. Uh, no, yes. it's, uh, it's by Clayton Davis, B-Y Clayton Davis, uh, on all social media platforms. And hopefully, uh, you'll see me again, uh, at the Oscars for the pre-show on ABC. Cause I did that oh, yeah. the last few years and hopefully we'll do more of it. And then I'll hopefully be waving to Rachel McAdams, Oscar nominee. And other people Fingers walking crossed. by. Listen, SAG. SAG is the key here. Rachel McAdams yeah. missed Golden Globes for Spotlight, and then she got in SAG, and then it translated fine. So maybe we're okay. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. You, you get a plus two for that pre-show, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> okay, and great. I'm gonna, cool. And I'll be bringing uh, Benny Burrito and Rachel yep. McAdams. Perfect. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, this close. Could have yeah. been me. I know. Um, Dream Benny, rotation ben, right there, you know. <laughs> ben, how, how, how would you act in front of Rachel McAdams? I need to know what, what kind of people I can bring around you. With class, with no. definite class, and then just, <laughs> yeah, probably coding Mean Girls all night. But yeah, other than that. This is, a, I, w- I would just see here and I would just be like, they knew, they knew the whole time. Um, I, I, love next- that, I love that when I talked to her, the, the first thing I came out, I was like, listen, I have to tell you my favorite movie of yours, and I promise you it's not Mean Girls. Yeah. It's Disobedience. That oh. is. I've had that on my watch list forever. Have you not watched it? I haven't seen it. Ethan, uh-huh. please. Please do <laughs> You found this. like the two weak spots in my watch list, Clayton. I've watched like 320 <laughs> movies this year. Come on. And, and none of them were Sophia Coppola's. <laughs> yeah. This is true. Just one. <laughs> Just Listen, the one. I, I want you to watch. You have your homework. I want you to watch uh, Virgin Suicides. Uh-huh. And I want you to watch Disobedience. Okay. I will do my best. If you can promise me that Oppenheimer walks away with like 12 wins, then I'll put it in <laughs> so my So this is not happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> the most, actually, there is the most, it can, uh, here it is. The most Oppenheimer can win, I think is eight, maybe nine. Yeah. Okay. Eight, nine. Yep. Which is still like dope, by the Inch. way. It's insane. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I mean, I mean, Slumdog won eight. Like it's the most winning movie in uh last most winning movie. So sure. Well, yeah. I'm ex- I'm excited for whatever is going to happen at the 2024 Academy Awards. Um, next week here on the pod, we are kicking off our best picture uh breakdowns. We're we're doing our best picture season. We're starting with Barbie. That was our number one pick. Um, we have a wonderful guest, Bobby from the afternoon uh special Ooh. show. Cool. <laughs> you can't talk about like your fucking next date like when you're on the date. Well, I hope, um, I hope Bobby's delightful. Um, you know, I a lot of pressure to kick off both this and the other pod claim. So I, you know, where respect where it's due. Um, we we have to guess our best picture 
nominees for like the next four episodes of the show because the nomination list won't come out in time. So fingers crossed. Barbie's that, on the list. I feel sucks. like it is. I, that sucks to do it that early. <laughs> How do you feel it's, about Barbie though? Do you think it's a good one for us to start with? Yeah. Like Barbie's lock, right? Listen, I, I'll give you, I, so whatever order, but I think you can do Barbie, Oppenheimer, Killers, Poor Things, Holdovers. That's our first four, actually. You then, nailed then it in order. <laughs> we did it. Maestro in American Fiction. Nice. Ah, okay. Those, yes. Those, I'm, those, are your seven, like those are your seven locky lock. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's that's what we've got. Um, and yeah, we're excited to kick off this uh, this Academy Awards season. So yeah. it's going to be fun. It's going to be super fun. Let us know what you guys think about the 2024 Academy Awards. Clayton, so thanks so much for coming back. Thanks, Mr. Uh, if anyone wants to follow us, we're on Twitter and Instagram at 24 Minutes of A24. You can also follow us on YouTube. We can see all three of our beautiful faces here, our staycation faces, you know, got the <laughs> stuff growing in, not at work. I love it. Um, yeah, follow us on YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell, all that kind of stuff. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Uh, thank you to the Academy for the best made-up award show of all time. <laughs>